willing to look at this. It was incredible how things shifted in my life because I was really congruent. I was, I was not only authentic, but I was behaving with integrity and I was so congruent. I wasn't living this compartmentalized life. And that's what I think a lot of us end up doing for, for fear. It's for fear, right? Fantasized events appearing real. Well, it's, it's much better. It's much easier to go through the uncomfortableness of that construction zone and come out the other end versus continually trying to take the fast route because the fast route ends up being the slow route in the end. Welcome to Soul Logic, not your breathy spirituality. This is neither tie-dye running through fairy fields nor corporate performance metrics, but increasing your inner authority and personal freedom, moving you from the corporate mindset to a conscious mindset. We're your hosts, Cindy and Scott, and we're here to put the practical into awakening. Welcome to this episode of Soul Logic. Our topic today is personal freedom. We're going to be defining personal freedom, discussing what personal freedom feels like, and sharing with you a pathway to personal freedom. This word freedom may or may not resonate with you, but I think once you hear what we have to say, you're going to understand the significance of achieving a state of personal freedom in your life. Cindy. Yeah, I think it's always an aspiration. I think one thing as we get into this, it is something that we're always, or at least I'm always aspiring to. And I think I have achieved it in moments and hopefully the idea is we have longer and longer moments. Personal freedom to me is internal freedom. So we're not talking about physical security, safety, physical freedom. That's a different, different topic in my mind. This is about spiritual freedom, about internal freedom from our minds, uh, from our feelings, from our emotions in that we use our own inner authority, which we've talked about before to guide our own lives. And so we don't think about or worry about what other people think about us. We don't worry about if somebody else has a different opinion than us. Like we're all whole and good humans doing the best we can. And I think personal freedom allows us to not get triggered and spun out by other people's actions or our own actions. What are your thoughts on definition of personal freedom? Yes, to everything you've said. And I'll start with what you just finished with about being spun out on our actions or somebody else's actions, because I think that's a really important point. Number one, it's never done right? You like that little rhyme? It really is never done. And it takes guts to go through this process because not being triggered by somebody else's actions is in itself, for me, very challenging, depending on the person and depending on the history behind it, because our minds attach certain behaviors to certain potential outcomes. And if those outcomes are realized or not realized, we can act a certain way or react a certain way. Ideally, we're able to respond, but often we end up reacting. I think the really important thing that you just mentioned is it's also about our own actions, right? How are we treating ourselves? Are we, are we really beating ourselves up because of something we didn't do or something we did do? Are we having compassion for ourselves? And I, I think that in, in this place of achieving personal freedom, we definitely become much more compassionate with ourselves. We realize we're not perfect and nobody else is. And I think we give more space to the errors or the challenges and the upsets so that we can then begin to feel into them 
and understand what's really going on here. Does any of that make sense? It does. I think just re- I, what comes to my mind is just realizing that we're all human we're and we're all, all doing the best we can, right? I we think, are. I think one thing I just want to point out too, as far as the reaction, when I think of reaction, I think of an outburst or an outward action. I think also from my experience, and reaction can also be a shutting down or a holding in. So I want to be really clear, like if somebody hurts my feelings, like a personal freedom is one, like, okay, that's understanding that somebody else really shouldn't be able to hurt my feelings, right? That's personal. If I have real personal freedom, I shouldn't hurt my feelings. I should know that, you know, I'm okay, you know, that they're just doing the best they can. But a one thing to be like, caution against, I think, is to just be like, oh, that didn't hurt my feelings. To just sort of stiff arm, a re- you know, stiff arm reaction versus just being like, oh, okay, that stung. What's that about? Okay, I need to do some work around this thing that's triggered me so that it no longer triggers me. But I just want to, my main point being before we get into that piece is to understand that triggering can be not outward. It can be shutting down inward too. So many times, and I can think of a thousand examples probably where I have done that. And if somebody has said, is everything okay? Yeah, it's okay, but it's not okay. Yeah. Is anything wrong? No, nothing's wrong. Everything is good, but it's not good. And, or it's, it's also that avoidance, right? We talked about ghosting a a couple of episodes ago. It's about that avoidance. It's about, it's a very blatant action that you can clearly see the person is just, they've disappeared. They, they can't process it. They can't deal with whatever it is that's going on. They've been triggered. They, they're not willing to step back and, and feel into it and to do the work because this is such an important part of it to understand. I agree. I think avoidance is a really good distinction as well. I think, that, and not just for somebody else, for yourself as well. For ourselves as well. Yeah. Hoping it will go away. Right. If only, yeah. right? <laughs> and it doesn't. And that's the worst part of it, right? It doesn't go away. God, if it did, that'd be so much easier. Yeah. And I think we want to talk a little bit about, we're just sort of getting around it, but when we start to do the work, we start to do that digging in, it's uncomfortable, right? We've talked about personal responsibility. We've talked about doing the work and it does take courage. I love that you said that earlier. And I think a lot of people turn to spiritual, either spirituality or spiritual practices. So, and those are wonderful tools to, to start doing the work. But there is a thing called spiritual bypassing where you can rely on the tools so much that you're doing like when you say, oh, I'm fine. And like, you know, you're not fine. And the person asking, you knows you're not fine. (laughs) That's sort of how I might equate spiritual bypassing where it's like, oh no, I'm, I'm doing meditation and yoga. I'm like, I'm at peace. I am calm. I am good. And yet, you know, you can easily be triggered right out of it or somebody sees you triggered right out of it. It doesn't mean that you're, and this is kind of a hard topic to dis, to define. I mean, you can be on your way and really doing the work and still be getting triggered. I think that's a constant, but when you over rely on a spiritual practice to hide from doing those, those digging into those harder feelings, then you're spiritual bypassing. Do you have a, way, a better way to clarify that Scott, or am I on the right track there? Definitely on the right track. And I think what's What's interesting about this, first of all, I, full disclosure, I had never heard this term until you mentioned it to me in conversation oh. about a week ago. You said, oh, that's spiritual bypassing. And I said, what is spiritual bypassing? For all the work that I've done and all the studying I've done on this topic for so many years, I'd never heard of that. 
but it makes perfect sense. And I think what's what's fascinating about this is on the outside, it's like a facade, like a Hollywood set, right? On the outside, everything looks like the actions of what the person is doing. And they create this illusion, they create this, this facade that everything is perfect, everything is fine. And this is the reason why our podcast is not your breathy spirituality, because we're we're totally the opposite of that. We are doing the work, we continue to do the work, and we want to encourage all of you to do the work. And I want to share maybe a few signs of what spiritual bypassing can look like so that you can recognize them in yourself, but you can also recognize them in other people. Sometimes we may avoid feelings of anger, or we start to get into that ego tripping where we start to believe that, well, my practice is better than your practice. You know, maybe I meditate 30 minutes a day, and oh, you only meditate five minutes. Well, your practice clearly is inferior to my practice. No, in spirituality, we're all on our own path. We all have different paths that we're taking. And yes, we may crisscross and meander and meet up with other people, but we each have our own way of learning and what it is we need to learn and when we need to learn. Also, it could be that we're so detached that we're not really allowing ourselves to feel. You know, we are human. We're, we're physical. We're in this flesh and blood on this physical plane. We're not up there in the heavens. So it's important that we remember that no matter how, how much we're doing, how much work we're doing, we're here. And, it, and, and to be here, it means to feel. It means to interact with other humans in a very human way. Also, what I've seen is many people, they go from one spiritual practice to the next, and that becomes their life. And they, they focus on only spirituality to the extent that they exclude so many other real activities, you know, going to a concert or going to a restaurant, having a few drinks. We're here, we're human. Let's live like humans live. What about that focusing on the positive? Only the positive. And if somebody has something that's frustrating, something that they're angry, that it's negative, and then we want to try, not we, but the person may want to try to minimize that. Don't feel that way. That's bad energy. Just focus on the positive. I totally agree, Scott. And I think the going from practice to practice is really potentially a key indicator that you might be bypassing. Now we, we have both used lots of tools and we have maybe gone down the rabbit hole on those. So again, there's this weird fine line, like, you know, it when you see it with spiritual bypassing, but you, if you see someone or feel yourself looking at a practice to fix quote unquote, fix you or whatever problem it is that you, that you're working on or facing, I think that's a good indicator that you might be spiritually bypassing when you're looking for an external solution, you're probably spiritual bypassing. Um, and I want to just go back for a moment. I mean, spiritual bypassing is a term. Um, there is a gentleman, his name is John Wellwood, and he coined the term in the mid eighties. He was both a Buddhist and a psychotherapist. And he talked about spiritual bypassing and he defines it as the tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep or avoid facing unresolved emotional issues, or maybe even some psychological wounds. And, um, you know, you've got some self-development to do and you're sidestepping it. I think that's a really great way to describe you're just like "Mm, I'm fine like I'm just gonna fake it till I make it (laughs) and that doesn't necessarily work it's a defense mechanism right Mm -hmm. the very simple definition and I love I appreciate that definition the very simple thing it's it's a defense mechanism we don't want to feel what it is that could be uncomfortable exactly we want to just skip to the good stuff I mean that's Mm -hmm. the whole I think term of bypass right I don't want to I don't want to explore this icky feeling I want to just go to that spiritual thing that feels good. I want to go to the nice, peaceful feeling when I go meditate. And I don't want to pop out of that and go into anxiety or fear or anger or anything that I'm feeling. 
or understand why I'm feeling that way. Like, you know, maybe my mother or father did something to me. Maybe I had a childhood wound of some kind. Like that's not really fun to go visit. And even worse than that for me is like when you find out what your role in it is in it, right? When you stop being victim and you go, oh, here's how I contributed to that. Like, no wonder we want to bypass. I don't really want to go look at that either. But when you do, which is what we advocate in this whole podcast, I think is, you know, the not your breathy spirituality is don't bypass, go do the work and you will get the freedom that this podcast is talking about on the other side. Like you have to go through the chasm, right? You have to go look at all those icky bits and understand that you're just human. There's motivation. There's a reason most likely that you did it, acted in a certain way. And that there is, then if, if you did that, then to me, you have the power to be different, act differently and let those sort of icky, darker, shadowy feelings go and then step into freedom and light, not to be cliche, but it, it, it feels lighter and happier. If you can go through that stuff, you truly shed it. You just shed the, the junk versus carrying it with you and acting like you're happy. It's like carrying 50 pound rocks on your back. If you're spiritual bypassing, like, no, everything's fine. But I, you know, my back is killing me. Right. <laughs> Right. But I have to do this because yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to not do it because this is helping me avoid what I don't want to feel, yeah, and life, see. Yeah. And life feels heavy, right? You're carrying all that around feels heavy. If you can just take a rock out, look at it and like set it down, <laughs> your light gets, your pack gets lighter. It is heavy. And it's, it's, it's interesting how this is not talked about. And, you know, it kind of talks about when we were in the embodiment podcast talking about, you know, numbing our bodies, you know, this, this, uh, I feel like numbs us, our feelings, it numbs, you know, it, it gives us this shield, this false sense of, I can be okay through this by throwing myself into it, because it takes me away from me. And what you said is looking outside and absolutely, and we're, ad we're advocating look inside. And it's not always pretty. As a matter of fact, it's, it's very uncomfortable and it can be very sobering to realize, hmm, that was my hand in the situation. And not once, not twice. But here's the thing. Once we start doing that, we do feel lighter. As you said, we're leaving those rocks, leaving them, putting them down you know, rock by rock and things do get better. And we also don't repeat those actions in the future. So we have an incredible amount of confidence. But to get there, we have to start taking responsibility. Something that's coming to me as you're saying that, Scott, is like, it feels when you bypass, it feels like psychological safety. And I'm not a psychologist, so I want to be careful here. I'm getting too far, but it feels like, I think we think if I just don't look at that, just ignore it, it feels safer. But the reality is then to your point, you just kind of keep reliving the scenario over and over and over. And you have to keep pushing it away, pushing it away, pushing it away. So if you can actually just stop and go, okay, what's this about? It is like, it feels less safe going into it. And we advocate having community and having somebody to go through this with. I think that definitely helps to be like, oh my gosh, am I crazy? Or I'm hitting a low point or, you know, having that support is important. It doesn't have to be a family member. It doesn't have to be a therapist. It can be a friend, somebody going on the journey with you. But if you can do that work, I actually believe you're have more safety, more personal safety, more psychological safety on the other side. Now I don't have deep trauma, you know, personal trauma wounds. So again, I want to just be cautious here. If you have, you know, a history of abuse or, you know, things that cause real emotional trauma, then seek 
professional help, right? And get that and take care of yourself in that way. But if we're just talking about spiritual bypassing and, you know, and, you know, stop people pleasing and you know, sort of these aspects that can make our life feel heavier in those ways, then I think by doing the work you actually have, that's what you're unloading that to get to that personal freedom. You are. And it's almost like you're driving and there's a construction zone ahead and there's a bypass to allow you to yeah. make the choice. Do you want to go through the construction zone or do you want to take the bypass and get to the other end where you can start to go fast again, right? Mm-hmm. Similar to what you're saying, but it's, it's through that construction zone, which is really kind of doing the work that that's where our shift happens. That's where our change happens and our growth happens. And, and it's such a learning opportunity. But if we continually bypass and take the fast route to the end, we repeat those patterns psychologically and also we actually you know, really do repeat them. And what I've learned is the lessons are going to be learned one way or the other. It could be when you're 20 or it could be when you're 80. It doesn't matter, but we're going to learn the lessons at some point and they will come in harder, faster, deeper, and more intense until we learn them. That's what's been the experience in my life. I always thought, okay, I can just avoid that. I can avoid that. I couldn't avoid it. It wasn't optional. It, it, it was until it got so uncomfortable experiencing what I was experiencing. I'm willing to look at this. It was incredible how things shifted in my life because I was really congruent. I was, I was not only authentic, but I was behaving with integrity and I was so congruent. I wasn't living this compartmentalized life. And that's what I think a lot of us end up doing for, for fear. It's for fear, right? Fantasized events appearing real. Well, it's, it's much better. It's much easier to go through the uncomfortableness of that construction zone and come out the other end versus continually trying to take the fast route because the fast route ends up being the slow route in the end. Do you remember the commercials with the crash test dummies? <laughs> and he yes. was like constantly running into the wall. That's yeah. how it feels like until, like, and I think in my experience too, with the whole, like, fortunately, I think issues come, I mean, there might be, I might have several issues, but sort of one keeps, I keep crashing into the wall on one issue over and over until I finally am like, okay, I gotta go figure this out and do the work. Uh, and I think I'm willing to do that. And I think that's the other thing with personal freedom. If we go back to that topic, mm-hmm. topics come up and we've talked a little bit about the spiral of healing as well, but I think there's also, if you think about going around the widest rim of a spiral first, that's sort of round one of the work. And then I remember thinking I had done the, I can't remember the exact word. I was after my divorce and I, you know, I went to therapy and did all the stuff and got support and thought I was fixed, cured. You know, I was done. I'd done the work. Well, you know, several years later, I run into the same issue was, I'm sure it was relationship-based. And I thought, oh my gosh, like I did therapy on this. Like, why am I addressing this again? I thought I was done. Well, I think, you know, you go around that, that inner, that next ring on the inner circle. And it wasn't as long around to figure out what was going on there. And, you know, I've then since, I think as you work each issue out, you go around smaller, hopefully smaller and smaller concentric circles until eventually you can let that issue go. And then you find that freedom. And that is a beautiful place to be. And I think when you bypass, you just continue on that outer, outer rim. You just keep going around and around. Like you think, Oh, I fixed it because I found some spiritual practice or something that's going to fix it. And you think you're good. And then bam, you're back at it, but it's just as big as it was before. So I think when you know you're on the right path, the journey is a little bit faster around. You get to the heart of the issue and you're able to let go of a little bit more, a little bit more, and a little bit more of whatever that is that's holding you 
in inside that you're trying to let go. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. And I feel like it's also less problematic, less troublesome going through it. So therefore, it's less uncomfortable, right? And we can also, I think, anticipate what's happening. And we start to see ahead, instead of just looking at what's happening right in front of us, we're actually paying attention, and we have more discernment. So then we can say, Oh, okay, no, I'm not going to repeat this one again. I've been here before. This is familiar. I've been here before. Yeah. And I just want to be, you know, anybody listening that it's not like it's a one and done. No, if something's deeply seated within you, you have a pattern, a trigger, a history of being triggered. It's going to take some work. That's the whole point of doing the work is <laughs> to let it go. But, and I think even for me, I've, you know, I've gone into an inner circle of the spiral and I've come back out and realized like, oh, I'm going the wrong way. Let's go back. I'm going into some old patterns. So it's not a very, it's not a linear journey through this. It's emotions and inner work. Um, and it can take some time, but you can, but it doesn't have to, it just, you know, it can, I don't want to put that out there for anybody that you have to do years and years of work. You can also let things, if you're ready, you can also let things go. But if you find yourself facing the same issue, but it's a little bit less then you're on your way toward personal freedom. Yeah, absolutely. Let's take a short break here and we'll talk about what it feels like when we're there. You're listening to Soul Logic, shifting you from a corporate mindset into a conscious mindset. Check out our course online at roadmaptoawakening.com, helping you bring the practical into awakening and make sense of what's happening on your journey. So doing the work is important. We know that. We're committed to that. Taking responsibility to agree to do the work and holding ourselves accountable is important. And what I have found is in doing the work and not bypassing this, every time I went around the spiral, as you say, and, and it became a quicker and quicker ride, it also, the learning compounded. So I started to see the connection between prior actions, prior situations in my life, my role in it. I started to take responsibility for it. And yeah, the first few times it was a bit of an ego bash, right? And it didn't feel good at all. And it's much easier to say, oh, let me just go meditate or let me go do yoga or let me do this or do that. But no, I needed to face it head on. The other thing that happened by doing the work is with the learning compounding, it, it became quicker. As you said, it became more inspiring. I became more inspired by it because I felt more empowered. I started to really understand, oh, this is what standing in your power feels like. That was not standing in my power. And I also realized that the times that I took the long spiral around over and over and over and lessons repeated themselves because I was not necessarily doing the work, it's because my ego was getting in the way because I wanted certain things and because I was coming from a place of lack and fear, fear of speaking up, fear of doing this, fear of facing that. But that kept me trapped. And this is exactly the opposite of that. Personal freedom is, you know, like, ah, like everything is wide open. There is not a feeling of being trapped. You are just there and you have life and you can embrace it. Yeah. I think if I think of even just this doing this podcast with you, Scott, I think it took work for me to do that. I had to bump up against some stuff because I was worried. You know, I come from the corporate side of, you know, very logical, practical. I mean, that's my, not just my work, but that's my upbringing. That's who I, you know, quote unquote, who I am. So to do a podcast like this, where I'm stepping out into what feels very uncomfortable 
to me to speak publicly about some of this inner journey stuff was hard. I mean, I bumped up against like, I want people to like me. I want people to think I'm smart. I don't want people to disagree with me. Like, you know, I'm okay with people disagreeing with me generally, but it's, you know, people, you put this on the internet, they're going to troll you for sure. Right. (laughs) And that doesn't feel good, but I also realized by not doing it, I have less freedom because this is a big piece of who I am. And so by not being able to speak about it, I'm in some way hiding and it's a journey. I mean, I'm definitely in a, you know, I'm on a ring. <laughs> this has not popped out for me uh, as a, you know, a resolved fully personally free on this topic, but I think it's a good example of just the journey. And, you know, it's, I think we both felt this because we named it soul and logic because we both have that logical background and we are both deeply into our soul exploration and this is a step toward personal freedom. I think for both of us, I don't want to speak for you, but at least for me. You could have spoken for me because everything you've just said resonates hundred percent with me. This was a big leap for myself. But also I love the idea of doing a podcast and, but I was being again, from that logical side, I was hiding this spiritual side for a very long time. I mean, studying this stuff for over 30 years and always wanted to do something with it, but never knew what we, we connected, created the course, your roadmap to awakening. And then we were saying, just what last September, I think what's next. You're like, I want to do a podcast. Me too. I would not have done this on my own, you know, but being able to show up and speak around a topic and then learn through it and make this such a collaborative effort has really helped. And the accountability, you know, it's, it's held me accountable. We have a schedule and we hold ourselves to it. And, you know, one good thing about corporate, right, is you learn a lot of good practices in there about accountability and about being efficient and productive and, and showing up. So all of that. So I thought to myself, what's the worst is going to happen? People don't like it. Okay. <laughs> but I'll speak for you now because I'll, I'll speak for both of us. I can confidently say we have both grown so much in just the few months that we've been doing this. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, definitely it's been a huge leap for me and one I didn't even really know I needed to to take honestly, except that, but it does, it's helping me with my external coaching practice and things like that of just stepping out more fully into, into this world. And it feels good. I mean, I think when we go back to that congruency feeling, it's like, that's when, you know, you're not bypassing it's uncomfortable. I mean, this is uncomfortable for me, not, not this conversation, but to have it out there, to have somebody be able to access it and even want people to access it and hope that it provides some level of community and, you know, camaraderie with somebody and having like, Oh, okay. I was feeling that too. You're talking about accountability. And I think that's important too. I think just, again, when you're in this work, having somebody to bounce it off with, you said like, I wouldn't have done this alone. I definitely would not have done it alone and having that person or something to bounce off. I think is really important on that journey toward personal freedom as well. And I think the freedom piece of, I do care less too. I mean, I still care, you know, if somebody trolls, trolls the podcast, it's going to hurt, but I care less. And I think I care less personally, but I also care less because you and I are in this together as well. And that is, I think, critical, you know, we're talking about personal freedom, but it doesn't mean that you can't have help along the way. Well said. I also think, feel that because it feels so right, it's a really clear indicator that this is what we should be doing at this time. You know, we're meant to be doing this and it feels right. And we're genuinely excited to record and genuinely excited to outline. And 
even the editing, all of it, right? We're having a great time with it. And I think that that's a really important thing is when, when we're excited about something, when we feel good about it, when we're looking forward to it, we're inspired to take that action, whatever that action is, that's an indicator that it's something that you're meant to be doing. And the more we can, the more we live like that, it forces us to naturally face our stuff, but it places us further down that road of personal freedom. What's coming to me when you say that is I'm curious where you feel, where you feel it. Cause I think there's a different, like this, this scared me during this podcast, but it was like an excitement, fear and anxiety. Like you're about to go on stage and give a great presentation or something kind of fear, right. Where you have like, whereas when you're working on an issue, a trigger or doing when you're in that heavier, I guess it just feels heavier. Like I don't, it feels dull. I think if I had to describe the difference between if I'm bypassing and I'm just stiff arming something and I'm in fear of just straight fear, it feels dull, heavy and dull. If I am pushing through something on my way to this personal freedom, it feels more like butterflies. Like it's like, you know what I mean? I cannot be like airy fairy, but it's like, I definitely still have the fear, but it doesn't have that dull thud to it. It has a bit more energy to it in a way that sort of brings you alive. Like I'm scared, like I might be hyperventilating, right? But it feels like it still feels lighter. I'm curious how you experience that or if you've ever thought of it that way. I never thought of it that way, but that's a great way to describe it. It's for me, this was not the dull thud. There were many aspects of this from these conversations. I could have them all day, right? So I love this part of it. The only part that there was fear around or that even that that hesitation, we could say it wasn't like a full-on fear, it was a hesitation, was the fact that, oh, this is going to go public. And that was the quiveriness. That was kind of like the butterflies. But then I would silence my mind and say, it's fine. It's all good. It's all okay. You know, what's the worst that can happen? Nothing really can happen. It's all good. Exactly. And that's freedom. That, you that is said it, freedom. Like, that's freedom. Like, no, like, okay. Not, and that's the it's thing. Fine. Like, not everybody's going to think this podcast, maybe nobody thinks this podcast is good, but we're having you know, fun. It, we're having a good time. <laughs> it, that's, that's freedom. We're just doing it. We're putting it out there. It's freedom. People like it. Fantastic. People don't like it. Fantastic. It, you know, not everybody is for everyone. And I think that is the definition of freedom. I have a hard time. I grew up, every, you know, being nice and, you know, everybody liked me. So it was hard when I realized like not everybody liked me, <laughs> like, wait, you know, I tried really hard to make sure everybody liked me and finding out like freedom is like, it's okay. It's totally okay. Like, I don't like everybody. Why would everybody like me? Right. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's really quite rational. And that is freedom. When you are not pinning your self-worth and your happiness on what somebody else thinks, or even what you think about somebody else. Like if so-and-so just did this, my life would be great. Or they would, their life would be great. Like it's freedom is our own personal will to do whatever we need to do. That is freedom. That doesn't hurt anyone else. That is freedom. And I think this is a great place to wrap up. You know, it feels good. And here's the thought to leave everybody with each one of us is unique. And so many times we don't express our uniqueness. We, we hide, we dim our light, we dim our uniqueness. And that is a real shame. And that is not personal freedom. We trap ourselves and there's no need to, because the more we can be who we are and the more that we can share who we are and share our ideas and our creativity 
we attract an entirely different set of people who are supportive and there's a real synergy. There's a lot of like minds, you know, that come together and that feels great. And you start to care less, as you've said, and I've said, you start to care less about what other people think. And you're not looking for validation outside of yourself because you feel just fine the way you are. You're free to be. I love the uniqueness, like embracing your own uniqueness. And when you do that, you allow other people to be unique too. At Soul Logic, we're excited to explore all of these topics and spirituality that is not breathy. Exactly. We have our <laughs> online course, Your Roadmap to Awakening. You can see it online at roadmaptoawakening.com. I'm Scott Masciarelli. I'm Cindy Jennings. We're so thrilled you joined us today. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care. <laughs>